Type it in, lock it on, and rip the mouse off. TalkZone.com It's time for Healthy Talk Radio. Healthy Talk Radio with Julian Whitaker, MD, America's Wellness Doctor, and Deborah Ray, America's First Lady of Health. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Get in on the phone lines now by calling 1-800-307-3002. Now, here's Dr. Whitaker and Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, scientists in Oregon say they have cloned monkey embryos. They're able to extract stem cells from them. Are humans the next? Well, send more money for more study. It is possible. We have redefined Alzheimer's as a lifestyle-related disorder. So what do you need to know about how to prevent Alzheimer's disease? America's wellness doctor, Julia Whitaker, MD, joining us today. We invite your questions, uh, your health care challenges, in particular a focus today on Alzheimer's disease, 1-800-307-3002, right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now, the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. Our mission to provide you that health care news and views from credible sources that you won't hear anywhere else brings our resident medical expert, America's Wellness, Dr. Julian Whitaker, MD, to us today. Dr. Whitaker, hello and welcome. Good morning, Deborah. How are you this morning? I'm well, and would uh, would seek your insight because the lead article in today's Journal of the American Medical Association uh, claims, and I suspect it's a bit one-sided, vaccines have cut deaths from the diseases they prevent by 99%, according to a... It's lo- one-sided. I don't even want to hear this. <laughs> I mean, you and I have talked to what, just... Dr. Tom Levy. I mean, he's got a whole book with just research study after research study that vitamin C can make a difference here, Dr. Absolutely. Baker. Absolutely. can do the same thing. Vitamin D can eliminate the flu. We have, uh, there's no doubt in my mind, if you just look at the data and get the uh, story of some of the women whose children turned autistic in one week after a scheduled vaccination, healthy, vibrant children, uh, most of them male, you know, get their two or three year vaccination boosters and in a week they go autistic. It, uh, It happened to Congressman Dan Burton. And he's been an avid proponent of controlling this, this vaccination um, uh, uh, juggernaut. We now have one, the, uh, we have the entire first grade of the American school children has autism in terms of the number of kids that have autism. If you want to get an idea of the prevalence of autism in the United States, just think of every single first grader having autism. That's what how how prevalent autism has become. It is it is um, autism has uh, increased from one in 2,500 to one in 99 in the state of New Jersey. It's just unbelievable, and it's coming from these vaccinations. That's where it's coming from. 
Well, it appears in the current uh, issue of Discover magazine, um, a, a panel of endocrinologists uh, debating whether or not hormone therapy could halt and reverse the aging process. It focuses on the work of uh, a professor of uh, biochemistry at the University of Vermont College of Medicine who believes that we should now define aging as we do heart disease and Alzheimer's and uh, uh, mm-hmm. cancer as a disease related to inflammation, Dr. Whitaker. Oh, I can, I can get behind this, absolutely. They believe uh, that things like testosterone replacement, um, mm-hmm. other bioidentical hormone replacement make a difference in terms of modulating the body's inflammation. In the long run, it makes a difference in how well we age. Absolutely. If, we, if you simply look at the aging pattern with these hormones dropping, and if you look at testosterone and probably other female hormones as well, but we just haven't gotten the studies that demonstrate that, but in testosterone it's dropped 20% on average even in those men who are supposed to have high testosterone levels. If you look at this dropping in the hormones, then you will see the acceleration of aging, of age-related characteristics. Uh, lean to fat body mass, um, bone density, uh, skin thickness, all of these kinds of uh, hair thinning, all of these aging-related uh, phenomenon tend to slow down, if not reverse, when you bring the hormone levels of the individual up to the level that they were experiencing when they were younger. And that's the rationale behind the use of hormone therapy. It's not to treat disease, but it's to reverse conditions. Conditions of aging, you know, are looked upon as diseases by those who have them. Right. But they are conditions that are related simply to hormone status. If you take someone who has... uh, frailing muscles, if you take, uh, you know, with a, a, a dropping shoulder girdle, you find his testosterone level is very, very low, you bring up his testosterone level, his musculature improves dramatically. So that is the rationale behind treatment of, of uh, with hormone replacement therapy. And Deborah, I, I'm kind of under the opinion that when you find something that is really good and that patients want to have, Government and regulations get in the mix to stop it for some reason. It's just, it's uncanny. If you find someone that's really bad, that makes people sick and terrible, like chemotherapy for cancer, then it's Katie bar the door, let's give it to everybody. So it's almost as if the physicians who are keying in on uh, helping patients uh, survive and live healthier are under the gun and targeted, whereas those who are using tools that by themselves are worse than most diseases are uh, are fostered and uh, encouraged. It's insane the, the way the characteristics that we have here. And the the other thing about the hormone that I, I want to point out is that um, we have uh, uh, a you know we're getting the wakes and the waves. From the, from the sports uh, controversies of those using uh, performance-enhancing hormones. And all of a sudden, that's bleeding over into the, into the general medical community and growth hormone and testosterone. We have elderly patients in my practice at Whitaker Wellness. We use hormone replacement as a necessity, as a needed 
agent to improve the health of our patients. Yet we become under more scrutiny because everyone is equating the use of these hormones as some kind of um, uh, dangerous unfairness, the way they do, the way they look at the sports um, use of hormones. And uh, so those of us who are, who are actually trying to improve the health of elderly patients, you know, are under the gun. DHEA, for instance, they want to take DHEA off the market. There's not one shred of evidence that DHEA is abused, toxic, or cause any problems. Not a shred. Yet, uh, elderly people get substantial benefit from it, but they want to take it off the market just because it's there. It's, it's very un- unsettling to me. Well, this is a little bit intriguing, uh, Dr. Whitaker. Um, um, uh, allergy specialists at Georgetown University Medical Center, you know, they, they do a lot of nutritional research there uh, mm-hmm. on oregano and, and many other nutritional compounds. Right. They took a look at the fact that uh, in this country we do allergy shots, and the science says they don't work. In Europe, mm-hmm. they don't do that. They do um, a unique form of therapy that costs, and it's pretty inexpensive. It's only about $30 a month. It's called sublingual immunotherapy that each patient gets a bottle of a tailor-made serum that they use under the under the tongue. They've used it for now, I guess, 40 years in Europe with great success. They've now put this to the scientific test uh, at Georgetown University Medical uh, Center and again uh, concluded the allergy shots don't work. <laughs> but if you administer um, this sublingual immunotherapy, it's called SLIT, sublingual immunotherapy, under the tongue, it uh, does a great job in terms of modulating that patient's immune reaction, um, uh, you know, perhaps say a, a new form of allergy relief. We've got so many people who have allergies in this country. Well, I think the problem, there's a serious problem with that. Oh. You know what that is? What's that? It's inexpensive. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> yes. That's true too. And yes. if it's going to challenge the, uh, gourd the, uh, the, uh, um, uh, profit margins of the shots and of the of the status quo, it's got a hard road to hoe. Um, I have long since uh, uh, given up on this ideal uh, uh, vision that simply science and simply what's best and actually what's best for the individual that would be less expensive rather than more expensive is what's going to hold sway in conventional medicine. It's exactly the opposite of that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you're right. We, I've known that there have been better ways to handle allergy for 30 years. Um, but um, the, the, the business of um, allergy medicine, you know, and... I can't blame the physicians. That's their business. That's I'll what they that do. Thought. We're going to return to talk about how to prevent Alzheimer's disease. Julian Whitaker, MD, joins us today. We invite you to join us on Healthy Talk Radio. Cutting edge information on alternative medicines, nutrition, and your health. Healthy Talk Radio. Now, here's Julian Whitaker, MD, America's wellness doctor, and Deborah Ray, America's first lady of health. Our lines are open. They are on a regular basis. We invite you in. Now, we don't stand on any protocol other than we're here to help you with America's Wellness Dr. Gene Whitaker, MD, joining us today. That number for you is 1-800-307-3002. And the topic at hand, how to prevent Alzheimer's disease, and what better topic <laughs> than with this month's neurology in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, three new studies out, Netherlands, uh, New Zealand, and Norway – 
all concluding that the uh, the essential fatty acids, the fish oil, are good for the health of our brains, even preventing Alzheimer's disease, Dr. Whitaker. Oh, I just think that's fascinating. Um, I want to say to our listeners, when you take fish oil, take it by the handful. Don't take one or two capsules. That has makes a difference. But take four to six grams at a dose, maybe a couple of times a day. Because we don't get enough fish oil. We haven't gotten enough of the omega-3 fatty acids. They are essential, and you have to build up the supply. And that supply of fish oil cuts down the inflammation in the brain and elsewhere, and those omega-3 fatty acids are essential for maintaining the fatty membranes that cover the brain and the nerves. So talk so about this the brain on fire. I found that an interesting topic, and I know you have some, some really insight in this area, Dr. Whitaker. Oh, yes. And that, <clears throat> this is Dr. Uh, Perlmutter's uh, thesis and what his mantra is that Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease are simply signs that the brain is on fire. That is the fire. And what we do with the drugs that we treat these conditions with is that we're blowing the smoke away, but we're not addressing the fire. The fire is the inflammatory products of our lifestyle, the inflammatory products of inadequate anti-inflammatory agents such as uh, the uh, uh, omega-3 fatty acids, and we are simply burning, allowing our, our brains to smolder and burn and, uh, and deteriorate from these inflammatory products. And when you control for the inflammation, you slow down and stop the progression of these age-related degenerative diseases. Yes, there's some, um, there's some genetic tendencies toward Alzheimer's disease, but you still have genetic tendencies. You don't inherit the disease. And you can compensate for genetic tendencies by using the elements to shut down on the inflammation. For instance, Down syndrome has genetic tendencies toward retardation, weakness, early, uh, you know, short lifespan. And that is because they have a genetic abnormality. But you can treat Down syndrome, as we've discussed here on the radio, uh, with antioxidants and things that alter that genetic tendency. So genetics has a, it can create a tendency, but it is the environment which causes these tendencies to express themselves. And this is where you can simply stop the tendency uh, from occurring, even if you've in, inherited that tendency. We see that with breast cancer and colon cancer, and studies have shown that the lifestyle actually is far more important at uh, uh, preventing or causing uh, these genetic tendencies toward cancer than is a genetic tendency. So if you have a genetic tendency towards Alzheimer's disease, then that's when you need to get over the vitamin E, the beta carotene, large doses of vitamin C, uh, acetyl-L-carnitine, coenzyme Q10. Coenzyme Q10 is going to be shown one of these days, Deborah, to substantially reduce the incidence of Alzheimer's disease or to slow it down, and we're going to have a worldwide uh, supply problem because everyone's going to want this. 
Uh, this is kind of the history of these um, very important orthomolecular uh, substances. Coenzyme Q10 was discovered in the 50s. Was uh, They found out how to make it in the 60s. And, you know, we can't think of a single prescription drug, you know, elaborated back in the 50s and 60s that we're still using. But we are finding with orthomolecular substances that, that work, you know, they're gonna, we're going to find more and more benefits to them as time goes on, not less and less. And they're not going to be replaced with some kind of patent uh, knockoff of the substance. Absolutely. So we're going to find coenzyme Q10 substantially reduces the incidence of, of Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease. And then all of a sudden the world rice supply is going to drop. And we've experienced that several times when uh, positive studies of, of nutrients in general, but of certain nutrient uh, uh, classes or ingredient um, will cause the supply to drop because people want something that works. Well, speaking of other countries, you know, India has one quarter the incidence of Alzheimer's disease right. in this country. So, Curcumin. Yeah, curry makes a difference, doesn't it? Makes it makes a big difference. And I, uh, I use curry all the time when I, when I eat and, you know, I just load up the curry. I've been taking, um, curcumin, um, uh, capsules. Uh, you can get some of these, um, uh, uh, beneficial spices in capsule form. So I take that during the, uh, you know, on a regular basis to shut down the inflammation and reduce Alzheimer's disease. There's a wealth of things that can do that. That's what's so exciting about orthomolecular medicine. You, <clears throat> you can, you can, uh, discover and utilize more and more tools. You know, this radio show is so valuable to me because, you know, with the information that you come up with and that we articulate, um, we simply—it's just—it's my uh, practice improvement ground to where uh, we uh, take a lot of this back to Whitaker Wellness and we implement it with our patients. One of those areas in which you have been a, a real innovator: hyperbaric oxygen and the brain. That's an interesting story, Doctor Whitaker. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, if you if you have any kind of brain problem, mm-hmm. um, uh, most of it is going to have. Uh, at its genesis, a reduced oxygen supply, or the problem was brought on by an acute reduction in oxygen supply, such as a stroke. When you flood the brain with a large increase in oxygen, it literally wakes the brain up, um, particularly with stroke. Let's examine the, uh, the manifestations of stroke. Generally, if someone has a stroke, they're going to have a widespread disability, say, on the right side. They're not going to use their arm or leg on the right side. Mm -hmm. Within several months, about 40 to 50% of that disability comes back. I mean, it goes away. And and you are now able to walk. uh, You know, you... You can't write, but you're, you can move your fingers. Um, you're, you're, you have some improvement. Characteristically and predictably, the stroke causes widespread disability, which then you regain. Then after uh, several months to a year, you don't gain anything. However, if you take hyperbaric oxygen at that time, then what the hyperbaric oxygen does, first it increases the oxygen and it puts it under pressure. Mm -hmm. It activates 
and and recoups the cells that are surrounding the area of uh, severe damage. You know, if you have an area of severe damage where the cells are actually dead, they're not going to come back. But you can get substantial amount of function return simply by stimulating the cells that are directly associated or directly uh, adjacent to this area of damage because those cells are in a state of perpetual shock. They're asleep. Mm-hmm. You bring in hyperbaric oxygen, all of a sudden it wake, they wake up. Mm-hmm. Here you get amazing return of function that's unpredictable or, or undocumented in, in the natural history of stroke because the oxygen wakes up these cells around the area where you've had the stroke. Um, we've had patients come in that were literally in a wheelchair and they actually walk in three Three weeks later, after having about 30 treatments well, of hyperbaric oxygen, they walk. More with Dr. Whitaker. I'm Deborah Ray. The information on Healthy Talk Radio may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but it might just be good for your health. Now, here's Julian Whitaker, MD, America's wellness doctor, and Deborah Ray, America's first lady of health. Our line's open. They always are. 1-800-307-3002. Your health care challenges. Again, 1-800-307-3002. America's wellness doctor, Gene Whitaker, MD, uh, and me are talking today about how to prevent Alzheimer's disease uh, with the unfolding evidence that our lifestyle does make a difference with that brain on fire. Yes, inflammation is a key risk factor. And we were talking about hyperbaric oxygen and some of the amazing case histories where patients uh, come in with uh, you know major consequences from a stroke and with some of these nutritional and, and innovative uh, medic because it's not you know it's not alternative medicine this is mainstream medicine dr Whitaker get better yeah this is mainstream medicine and it's unfortunately not used um, used very infrequently across the country and hyperbaric oxygen is um, let's see cumbersome but it's low tech it's not uh, it's not dangerous. It's a low-tech therapy. It requires space. It requires a chamber that can be pressurized. Hyperbaric oxygen has been around, you know, 100 years. Um, and it is very uh, helpful in, in, in rejuvenating the brain because when you uh, provide oxygen to the brain, uh, the brain is stimulated by this. Um, it lights up. Uh, this is sometimes just helpful in ADD. It's, we have 40 children with autism undergoing hyperbaric oxygen, and they improve because their parents keep bringing them back. So hyperbaric oxygen for the brain is um, a very innovative and predictably improved, uh, um, beneficial therapy for Alzheimer's disease. But the subject is the inflammation that is at the root cause of Alzheimer's disease. If we can block these inflammatory pathways the, um, uh, the, the, that are destroying the brain, right. then we can prevent the problem. And so that we have people in their 70s, 80s, and early 90s, and even 90s that have maintained their um, uh, intellectual function. It's actually not even just Alzheimer's. It's uh, age-related dementia sure, sure. as well. Uh, Alzheimer's is specific. Alzheimer's is more rapid. Uh, but age to, age-related dementia is also a problem that can be very debilitating to um, uh, individuals as they get older. 
And so, it has to do with the maintenance. I mean, it's like your car. Right. You change the oil. You have it washed. Um, you you don't let thing. You don't let um, dents continue. Uh, you don't let it uh, de- deteriorate. You need to treat your brain in the same way by specifically taking those elements and eating and, and exercising and living in a way that will prevent this inflammatory uh, fire from uh, deteriorating the brain cells. Well, address hormones, if you would, because we've heard about, you know, synthetic prescription hormone replacement therapy, estrogen, and, uh, you know, women's memory. And, and I think I related to you, Dr. Susan Delamont's work from Brown University, who uh, uh, picked up on earlier research that the brains of people with Alzheimer's don't produce insulin. Nobody ever looked that people's brains normally produce insulin. In Alzheimer's, uh, they don't. She um, uh, actually theorizes that uh, Alzheimer's this may be diabetes type 3. What do hormones mean to our brain health, Dr. Whitaker? Well, if we look at um, the normal aging process in men and women, it is the, the reduction, the gradual reduction in the whole, cl- in the whole plethora of hormones. Um, women go into menopause because they, they, the cycling estrogen and progesterone becomes blunted and goes away. Uh, men go into what we call andropause because the the muscle tone and the skin thickness uh, deteriorate for lack of testosterone as it gradually sunsets. Uh, human growth hormone is not just for human growth. It's misnamed. As uh, human growth hormone begins to decline in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, uh, skin thickness decreases, vision changes, uh, bone density decreases, um, fat, bu- fat muscle uh, relationships decrease. So human growth hormone is probably the most powerful rejuvenant of the hormones available. And this is a natural consequence. So we're dealing with the aging condition when we revitalize uh, patients with hormone replacement. Thyroid, enormous uh, re- revitalization of patients. Uh, and thyroid can occur at any age, but the age-related reductions in these hormones require simply measure them, use bioidentical hormones, right. and increase the hormone levels to the levels of a healthier, younger age. And the, the f- physiology of the patient will begin to respond similar to the healthier, younger age. There's no... Um, you know, fountain of youth to where you can perpetually maintain youth. We, but we can improve the quality of life as we get older. I think there was uh, one researcher says the goal is to die uh, very young at an old age. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you know, hormones like DHEA, we find uh, you know interesting research, particularly in the frail elderly that DHEA makes a difference uh, as well, Dr. Whitaker. Yes, it makes a difference in the, in the quality of their lives. Um, DH, many studies have shown uh, some, uh, situations like this. If you go to nursing homes uh, and you take the age group 75 and you measure DHEA levels, you're going to find that for the age of 75, the DHEA level is lower than average. If you then find uh, individuals living outside of nursing homes at the age of 75, 
and you measure the DHEA levels. Mm -hmm. You're going to find that the DHEA levels are higher than average for 75. So the question is, arises, which came first? Did the DHEA gradually sunset to a very low level, which is heralding the disability that would require nursing home support? Right. Or did you enter the nursing home and the environment in the nursing home causes the sunset of the DHEA? I think it's the, it's the former. That as the DHEA level falls, for any reason, then disability or inability begins to uh, increase. They've done studies with DHEA where they would uh, test simply for sense of well-being. They'd have a questionnaire like 10, 15 to 20 questions which would indicate you know, a positive or negative sense of well-being. Mm -hmm. And then they, would, they gave these men and women DHEA. In the women, the sense of well-being um, monitor or the sense of well-being characteristic went up 80%. 80% of the women had an improved sense of well-being with DHEA. And, and men, I think it was 60 to 70 but a highly significant increase in sense of well-being simply with increasing the amount of DHEA in circulation. And I remember back in the 80s, Deborah, when um, I began reading about DHEA, dehydroepiandrosterone, mm -hmm. and I called up a pharmacist. I said, where can I get some DHEA? He says, well, I can make it for you, but it's not available uh, by prescription except by compounding. I says, oh, fine, do it. And by the way, you can measure it in the laboratory. Mm -hmm. And there's a, and I have um, now over 20 years been measuring DHEA in almost every patient. It's a standard measurement, dehydroepiandrosterone. Um, and it's very easy to do. And you can take the DHEA capsule and you can monitor and see that the DHEA blood level goes up. Low DHEA levels are substantially associated with breast cancer, heart disease, uh, death in the hospital. Uh, there's a, a, a marked um, negative uh, across the board when DHEA is at a low level. But when you can bring it back up, this is the one risk factor that is the easiest to eliminate. When you have to eliminate risk factors with eating and exercising, it takes effort. But here you're eliminating risk factors just by taking a pill. Right, right. And when you eliminate this risk factor with DHEA, then all of the risk factors uh, are improved. And um, it's over-the-counter. It's easy to do. Um, it's, uh, we, we have almost every one of our patients taking it. We monitor the blood levels. We don't you know, put it up too high. And um, it's a very useful therapy for the older individuals, particularly since baby boomers, you know, just right, you know, just very close to marching right across the age 65. Sure, sure. Well, speaking of, of monitoring uh, um, and innovative research, um, you know, we've, we've talked with um, Professor Boyd Haley, um, University of Kentucky, um, his interesting published study that uh, mercury, when it crosses the blood-brain barrier, actually uh, results in those cells looking as if they were Alzheimer-like. So, so what about monitoring for heavy metals as they relate to brain health, Dr. Whitaker? Well, we do a lot of chelation of patients that, um, that have heavy metals. We, um, um, you know, measure the mercury level, we measure the lead level, and we chelate. We do chelation by intravenous chelations, 
And a lot of the chelations you can do by mouth, even for lead. For lead, arsenic, and for uh, mercury, you can chelate these heavy metals by mouth. So we do a lot of things of that nature uh, to improve on uh, or to take these heavy metals out because there is nothing beneficial about lead or mercury. There is no safe level of lead or mercury. And the exposure to these heavy metals has substantially increased just over the last 60 years. Um, our ex- the lead levels that are currently burdening the American population or the, pop- or the advanced population in general is 600 times higher, the blood level, mm-hmm. than it was at the turn of, the, of last century, from, 19, uh, from 1800s to 1900s. Um, and this had primarily to do with the addition of lead to gasoline. When you added lead to gasoline, it just polluted the entire earth, and is still doing it. They still sell tetraethyl lead in third world countries. Uh, so they, you know, they it's like they hadn't pollute. They still can pollute more, and there was no question that this was causing lead in everything to go up. So we have brought on ourselves, you know, a great deal of um, heavy metal toxicity with our, um, our use of these substances. You have to wonder, you know, how many perhaps Alzheimer's patients are never worked up for any of these, you know, ancillary hormonal imbalances and deficiencies, certainly nutrient imbalances and deficiencies, even heavy metal intoxication, Dr. Whitaker. You're right. Uh, we, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, we're, you know, singing the same song uh, that, you know, the physician has to have an interest in it, has to look for it. Um, in general, uh, conventional physicians are so busy, they're seeing 20 patients a day, uh, they're so controlled as to what they do and what they don't do, they begin to raise eyebrows if they begin to uh, look for lead or mercury in patients. Um, you know, it's it's the, the uh, worst place to go is the, your general conventional medicine to get anything having to do with uh, true health maintenance or true wellness medicine. Because to do that, you have to engage in vitamins and minerals, orthomolecular substances, and elimination from the system of the of the toxins, which would first and foremost include the heavy metals. And spe- only special kind of physicians pay attention to that. Um, very few physicians pay attention or even look for the possibility. And this is like with allergy patients, you know, particularly with children. Right. You know, there's... Um, uh, a lot of uh, several, some information to show that children that are exposed or have this these burdens of these heavy metals, if once they're eliminated, then their symptoms go away, their condition improves. But you have to be you have to have physicians in the pediatric area that are astute and are looking for that, in order for that kind of approach to have its benefit on children. And that doesn't happen. And I think Deborah that it's getting worse that physicians are becoming more and more controlled, that their uh, prescribing patterns are carefully monitored, that if their prescribing patterns don't meet the norm or the expected or the desired of the pharmaceutical companies, they will use pressure to uh, change them. I know we had Dr. Gravelin on our show a few days ago 
where a Navy flight surgeon was being forced to give the statin drugs to her patients when she knew that the statin drugs were making people ill. And um, she actually quit because she was not going to follow the dictates of her superiors to give statin drugs to her, her Navy men um, when she knew it was hurting them. Well, that's a great topic. Let's take that up when we return. You know, the drugs that potentially affect our mental acuity. Because <laughs> as you there. and I well know, yeah, people come in, you know, an average senior on over 30 medications. Does that affect mental acuity? Absolutely. We're talking about how to prevent Alzheimer's disease. America's wellness doctor, Julia Whitaker, MD, joining us today. We invite any of your health care questions, 1-800-307-3002. And just keep in mind, you can always listen again. Listen online and the show archive for two weeks, HealthyTalkRadio.com. I'm Deborah Ray. Serving up classic health tips for over 20 years, your only source for health news and information. Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray and Dr. Julian Whitaker. America's Wellness Doctor joining us today to talk about how to prevent Alzheimer's disease. Yes, there has been a huge mindset shift that Alzheimer's not just, oh my goodness, poor uh, genetic history. Uh, it's all about lifestyle choices uh, that we make. And we've been talking about some of those factors like inflammation, like heavy metals, uh, like uh, uh, nutrients uh, and nutrition. And knowing that drugs affect nutrient levels. We've had this discussion, Dr. Whitaker, about of course, statin drugs with um, uh, coenzyme Q10. There's a laundry list of a, a lot of heart medications that affect key nutrients like magnesium. What does that mean in terms of brain health? Well, if we look at the statin drugs, they specifically deteriorate brain function. They have uh, noted to have global amnesia uh, with the statin drugs because the statin drugs block the production of coenzyme Q10, the brain is a high-energy-consuming organ. With a high-energy-consuming organ, you need substantial amounts of coenzyme Q10. So the statin drugs block that, and you're going to have global amnesia that Dr. Graveland had uh, that uh, worldwide now we're finding degenerative diseases increasing. Amer- uh, the uh, uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, Alzheimer's disease are increasing with the use of these statin drugs. So here we have a drug that doesn't just block nutritional aspects, but blocks production of a vital element that is is required for the maintenance of the energy uh, supply to the body. And that doctors are not aware of that. They are not, they are not, my uh, son is at uh, Dartmouth College. Mm And he's writing an essay now on the statin drugs and the problems. And part part of his uh, of his uh, essay was to uh, contact a cardiologist in the area and ask three questions of the statin drugs. The first mm-hmm. one: Are you aware that statin drugs redu- stop the production of coenzyme Q10? The second question: Are you aware that there is a patent by Merck? on the use of statin drugs to prevent the complications of the statin drugs and to treat the complications of the statin drugs to the muscles and the liver. And uh, are you, and he's not, and the, the conventional cardiologist, I'll be very interested to see, and I'll report on the radio, um, what his results was, were from his interview. Because in general, 
cardiologists don't know anything. No, no. Nothing. No, no. They know what the drug reps tell them. You know that. Uh, you know, about the dangers of these drugs. Right. In Canada, for instance, the statin drug carries a warning that it blocks the production of coenzyme Q10. Merck has a patent to that effect. But it is not publicized anywhere in the United States, and physicians are routinely not only in the dark about it, but take a negative and scornful view even when the question is brought up. Our thanks to Dr. Whitaker. Our thanks to you. I'm Deborah Ray reminding you, live long, stay healthy.